Welcome to No Applause, just the clap. Well, we're back here at Barracudas, and I don't have a clever opening because Doug and I could not get it together last week. Wings is playing. This is Wings, isn't it? This is Wings. But yes, I'm sorry we could not get it together last week. It was my fault because Doug had told me he wanted to record on Tuesday instead of Monday, and I forgot and showed up on Monday. Yeah, you texted me and you were like, where are you? Like, like, are you on your way? And I'm like, I believe I texted in transit. I was not. Um, It was fine, but like I said, it's on me. I'm sorry, listeners. It's all right. Um, I do want to get into that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, So last week was the, I guess, premiere, we'll call it. I would have said inaugural ride. So we're only doing it once a week while you play your silverware on mic? Just trying to move the napkin so I could set my teacup down without making noise. Scraping of silver. What is it? Uh, scraping of silverware on China. Ah, shit. Never mind. It was a, supposed to be a reference to a Jets Brazil lyric. Um, I like how like I wish people could see the blank look on my face. Yeah, it was on mine too. Um, so uh, yeah, so last week was the premiere of something you and I had talked about off air. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've talked about on air a little bit uh, on Damn about launching Nerd Vomit, which is what happens when we can't get together and I kind of do um, a Damn equivalent of like a pop culture show. I don't get into my neuroses outside of if any, you know, a, a movie triggered it. Um, and it's not necessarily just you, it's just one of us solo yeah, doing a little bit this week in pop culture. Um, but I, since I had to give up the original Clap Cave, I was going to say, it's a little bit harder for us to sometimes get together and Well, and, you know, like I said, uh, both on Nerd Vomit and on Damn, like, it was a matter of not only scheduling, but weather. So, it kind of screwed us. Yeah, the weather got real shitty. Real shitty. Um, And it actually surprised me again on, was it Friday that we got? No, it was Thursday. On Thursday, the weather got real shitty real fast. Yeah, it turned super quick. Because um, I was out playing my nerd game at the Brown Palace, and then I was going to say, Yarls and I stopped to have lunch, and when we walked out of the restaurant, it was damn near whiteout conditions. It was pretty bad. Why's it got to be white? Why can't it be low visibility, Deb? You have a point there. I'll, mm. I'll, I'll adjust my hate mm. speech. Are you, trying to make, are you trying to make America great again? You shut your filthy Oh my mouth. god, I thought of the greatest. So there's a guy at work. <laughs> we'll get into the list eventually. Um... So there's this guy at work who gets like a certain like X amount of shots, X amount of uh, pumps, uh, white mocha. Oh, so he has a very specific order. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's one of my associates at okay. work at the day job. And well, the problem is the longer you work the place, the more specific your order gets. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the new clap cave, absolutely. Clapacudas, I'm calling it. Baraclapas, and eh, that doesn't work. That, that you say Baraclava sounds like it sounds like a balaclava. balaclava. Yeah, and then yeah. I start thinking about ocarinas and giggling inside my head. Why would you go from ski mask to ocarinas? Well, because what's the name of that thing that you rub the stick against? Not a not a ocarina. Ocarina's like no, a flute no, an ocarina is the flute thing the from, from fish shaped from I was gonna Legend say, of Zelda. From Legend of Zelda, but it's like I said, there's another one that's like, it's a, like yeah, exactly, and it's, yeah. it sounds like balaclava, but it's not balaclava. And I was just thinking of instruments with hilarious names, and so I went from whatever that one is that sounds like. It's like the way they call a saxophone a sex whistle. No, it's called a jazz. I was gonna say it's called a jazz whistle. 
Sure. Um, where were we on? Oh, yeah. So, specific Sorry. white specific. mocha. Yeah. <laughs> so, this guy has a very specific white mocha. Phrasing. And so far, not. No. It really sounds like a stripper. Now, welcome to the stage. White mocha. No, specific and then TJ white mocha. Oh, and then TJ Miller's like, or as I like to call her, irony. Um, so, uh, when he started, when he started at the job, and I started making this drink for him, yeah, I started like joking around with the whole Trump inaugural thing. We kept thinking of trying to think of like Trump-esque names, like the White Power Mocha, or um, you know, the Comb Over. Or whatever. You know what I would have called it? I would have called it Henry Rawlings on Sons of Anarchy Mocha. No, no. I've got you. Damn it. This is... Oh, damn it. I should have called it the Edward Norton pre-prison rape Mocha. That's too long. Nope, still fine. American History Mocha? Ooh. Is good. Second to... What about Mocha X? No, because that sounds like Malcolm X, which means it would be a dark Mocha drink. It is a dark mocha. Just not, no, I was going to say just not physically. What? It's emotionally dark. But it sounds like Malcolm X, who was black, so it would be a dark chocolate mocha? I can't believe we're having an argument about historical yes, figures and mochas. Anyways, so you started making him this drink. Mocha America Great Again. Oh, that's really good. It's so good, right? Especially since it's a white mocha. Damn I know, it. right? Like, lightning, bottle, lightning, brain. Like, I've had, uh, what does uh, he call it? Like, not an epiphany, but a... Uh, lightning has just struck my, my brain. brain. I think I've had an apostrophe. Apostrophe, that's what he calls it. You made an epiphany. It's so um, weird that we both just referenced a very specific Bob Hodgkin's moment in Hook. Yes, considering I am right there with Doug Benson, which, with Hook, is a terrible fucking movie. Hook and is a terrible don't, fucking movie. It is terrible. <laughs> If any idea how much that traumatized me as a kid when Rufio actually dies, nobody's supposed to die in Peter Pan. Oh, he's going to be at NDK, by the way. Ooh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah, we'll get him. Um, also, I just saw an ad, like a split-second ad on mute mm-hmm. for a movie called Hurricane Heist, which seems a little what? on the nose. Yeah. Um, like, are they stealing things in a hurricane, or are they trying to steal a hurricane? I think they're trying to steal things during a hurricane. Though I kind of like the latter because that would be like... Well, it just makes me think of the Futurama episode where they're trying to harvest the weathers and Amy and Bender end up hooking up. A lot. Yeah. Also, I would have gone with the uh, Ray Fiennes, uh, Uma Thurman Avengers. Oh, like, All your weather right. belongs to, to me. me now, and you will pay for it. Yeah. And they're dressed as teddy bears for like literally no fucking Yeah, the reason. teddy bears picnic and then everybody's dead. Yeah. Eddie Izzard was like the, like, lead henchman in that. Really? Let, yeah. I'm gonna go back and watch that. Don't. Please don't. Well, I do like... Just listen to the How Did This Get Made episode about it. Fair enough. Um, so my sister has been watching Grace and Frankie a lot, and okay. she is obsessed with June Diane Raphael on that show. We can use this as a springboard to something else, by the way. Yeah, like I said, going. no, I... No really follow up to that. It's just one of those things where I was in my room and I walked out and my sister's watching that on the, uh, watching that on the TV and I'm like, oh, it's Jane Diane Raphael. And she's like, who? I'm like, Raphael. 
excuse me, Raphael. Yeah, she actually does like the merging of the vowels. No, it's fine. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's Jundi and Raphael. Fanatically she's, not. She's, I was going to say she's married to a comedian and actor that I'm really fond of. Paul and she's, she's super funny in her own right. I really like her. Yeah. And my sister's like, I'm obsessed with her character. I want to be her when I grow up. I'm like, well, she a neat lady, so good on you. Yeah, but she's talking about the character you're talking about, June. But the character's um, pretty awesome, too. Okay. So, we'll use this as a segue. Because what movie, Deb, had all three hosts of How Did This Get Made? June Diane Raphael, Paul Shearer, Jason Manzoukas. And we have recently quoted in text back to each other. Oh, crap. Now I want to check my phone. Don't. No, I'm not going to. Unfortunately, the only movie I can think of Jason Manzoukas in right now is uh, No, it's going to be all three of them. And I know that's No, not... he's in a bunch of stuff. No, but that's the only one that's coming to mind for me right now. I know he's in a bunch. That's just the only one I'm seeing mentally. The Disaster Artist, which I just watched, has reignited my love realize, of the room. You realize should have just said to me, quote, Oh, hi, Deb. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Lisa. I did not hi, hit doggy. her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. And he throws the water bottle. Have you seen... Okay, so we've obviously both seen The Room. Yes. And we've, Have you I, seen... Yes, I've watched it. I think you saw it before. Yeah. It was good. Thank you, Plex. Um, I, I liked it. Uh, My I, big... I know that James Franco is having some problems right now. Is he? Sex scandal. Eh. Anyways, but... I thought it was brilliant and really funny and really sweet at the same time. You and, know, like I said, we talked about the fact that he's putting out another movie. Uh, it's, well, James Wiseau. Sorry, put out Wiseau another, like I said, put is, out another movie. He's in it. He did not write it, direct it, or produce it. Oh, I did not realize that. I looked this all up. But it does, uh, it's him and Greg Sesterno, who were famously in the room together. Yeah. Um, Greg Sesterno watched an early cut of... Uh, disaster artist and wanted to kind of make it up to Tommy Wiseau I think he and wrote this movie to have both a minute. It's getting excellent reviews. That's what I've heard. I was going to uh, say, no. Apparently it's being released in two volumes, much like Kill Bill. Uh, one in... Or The Matrix. No, The Matrix wasn't released No, you in remember volumes. the last two Matrix got released within like a month of each other? Did they? Well, maybe it was reloaded. I think they were a year apart. Well, no, it's two of them got released very close to each other. Oh, well, it's not important. No, it's not. Um, but one's in March and one's in May for the best, and it's friends, but they are in parentheses, so it's best fiends, best yeah. friends, however yeah. you want to say it. Um, best friends. For all, in, for all intents and purposes, I'm going to call it best friends because it's got the R in there, so... Oh, this is the worst be stepbrothers I've ever seen. Huh? It was a joke, honey. I said it's the worst ripoff of stepbrothers I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I haven't looked at any of the reviews, but yeah, apparently it's good. I have. Um, I People have been saying pretty universally good things about it. I don't think it's, you know, one of those things where it's kind of like an Oscar, where it's like the gimme Oscar after you got robbed the year before. I think people genuinely you like the, the film. think the room got robbed for an Oscar somewhere? No, but I'm just saying, like, Maybe you know best how... writing? <laughs> that and the big sick? And Logan? And the shape of water? Oh, hi, Wolverine. You don't oh, think hi, it'd... Professor Axe. You don't think it'd be, oh, hi, Logan. Or be like, oh, hi, coma girl. 
oh hi guy that's gonna forsake his family and religion for me that was a long way to go for that accent sorry yeah that was that was pretty bad yeah I, I hung on to it though I really committed myself I'm sorry um so anyway the disaster artist I gotta say my two favorite parts are not technically part of the story okay my two favorite parts are during the credits when you have the shot for shot comparisons oh. from the room and disaster artist and that's which actually I'm, hold on I, I'm sorry to interrupt you but no, I gotta go say this I'm pretty sure it's just James Franco saying we didn't make this up here's the actual proof here's the actual movie because <laughs> some people like like some people have never seen the room don't know the room well it's I've it's, gotta be it's like, very much a cult and niche film and by niche you mean cult I mean well, but it's, it's one of those things where, like, when people study cinema, that's a film you come across. But if you're not yes. that interested in cinema, you may have never fucking heard it. Well, and it was, it's huge on, like, the midnight circuit, which is when, you know, I mean, you don't have a lot of people that go to midnight movies. Um, I mean, you and I do, but... Yeah, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is going to be showing as a midnight at the Draft uh, House soon. This guy. The last time I, I partook in marijuana was wow that was the squarest thing you've ever said back when i had a jazz cigarette i actually didn't smoke it but um or did we yeah we had to like what did you do smoke it or have an edible jesus edibles weren't a thing yet i should have said snort it or have an edible damn it why would you snort marijuana that's why i said it because it was stupid that's not how you eat salad um you should have said that's not how you toss the salad but okay there's a whole other thing there. But, uh, yeah, I was seeing RoboCop at uh, Midnight Movies Esquire. And <laughs> watching a movie stoned with Doug is not as quiet as you think it is. Because you think I would just sit there and, like, veg and, like, watch the movie and... No, 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 no. No, no, no. Every time... I would never and think I mean, you would do that. And I mean, every time Kurtwood Smith walked on... <laughs> screen I went dumbass I feel like I remember this story oh it was great um but yeah so I uh, oh and the second thing I love from the disaster artist back from a couple minutes ago um did you watch the post credit scene which there is no and it is greater than any Marvel post credit scene ever okay well spoil it for me but I'm going to immediately go home and watch it it's on YouTube. I've already watched it today, okay. before you even showed up today. I wasn't late. And when no, you weren't. I was early. And I also totally googled who this was earlier. This is "Let My Love Open the Door" by Pete Townsend, which became a debate on my way here on who sang this. I actually could have told you that, but anyways, continue on. It so post-credit scene. It just makes me think of the end of Mr. Deeds. With Adam Sandler. I'm gonna throw this cup of tea at you. That's because Adam Sandler's horrible. Um, and I can't spoil it enough. And I told this to a coworker who's seen The Room and Disaster Artist, did not know that there That's, was a post-credit scene. That would be me too. Yes. And I, yeah. And I said, no matter how I describe it, I can't ruin it. I can't spoil it. I can spoil it in terms of. You know what, what you're the walking into? Is, but you can't content, my... not content. Really? Oh yeah, like, th- no. Let me rephrase that. Yeah, content, but not con. 
context you can't spoil. Content you can't. So I'm going to tell you this, Deb. I'm going to tell all of you. Wait till the end of Disaster Artist. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Is James Franco's Tommy Wiseau meeting the real Tommy Wiseau? You're right. You can't spoil that. I need no. to see that immediately. Even if I describe part of their conversation, it still doesn't do it justice. They do talk about their accents and where they're from. Where's Tommy Wiseau supposedly from? Whatever. He's been purposely vague about it his entire career. And well, the end of Disaster Artist ends with that. No one knows how old he is, where he's truly from. He has started. Is that billboard still up? The room. Because the one that, that yeah. Greg Sesterno sees in the movie. Yeah, like he's had that up for eternity. Did he finally stop paying for it? Is it still there? It doesn't matter. And if it does, where does the money come from, Deb? We don't know. No one asks. And it's better not to ask. Honestly, honestly, better not to ask. Okay. I just assume he was like on the team that was trying to rob the Nakatomi Plaza in the first Die Hard. And he's just a guy that got away with it. Like, he's like, well, while that guy was dropping off a roof, I got all the bearer bonds and then made a movie. You realize it's bearer bonds, not bearer bonds. No, I assume it's they have bears on them. Right? Because they're all from the state of California, which has a bear on its flag. And that's why there was the teddy bear's picnic in the, uh, you know, prey finds, I would say, adventures. Yes. Because the bearer bonds. Yeah, the Care Bear Bonds. Yeah. Well, now I'm thinking about famous bears they'd have on those. Like, they'd definitely be the Care Bears and Winnie the Pooh. Bart the Bear. Bart the Bear? Uh, famously pe- played bears in movies. Oh, got it. Yeah. He was in Grizzly Adams. Yeah, no, like, Bart that bear. bear. Yeah. Now Bart the Bear. Like the country bears, obviously. And their jamboree. Well, what's the difference between the country bears and their jamboree? Because it was the country bears jamboree. Yeah, but I mean, if we have the country bears, don't we have the jamboree implied? I. Yeah. Okay. I guess you get a point. Okay. I'm sorry. We should go back to the list because you and I are going to start fighting over anatomical errors. Well, as anatomical errors. You're right. I meant automated. Yeah, I was like, are we arguing about their dicks? And or vaginas. I, I really don't want to go into that because I know nothing about bear genitalia. Were and I'd all like the jamboree members? No, there was female members. Okay. Can I have some fries? Fries? Another round for everyone? Yes, yes. please. <laughs> all right. Oh, and, and our, our, guest, our guest stars here on the podcast. Hi, everybody. Say hi, Emily. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. You have to say it. Oh, hi, everybody. <laughs> she, she hey, has, everyone. She that was that it. was that was more Doctor Nick. Than, uh, yeah, the everybody room. else. Yeah. I'm sorry, you missed your argument about whether or not all of the country bears were male or female. Well, one of them, one of them was female, because there was like the ma bear. No, there was like a little sister bear. Was there a little? Sister I bear? think there was a little sister bear. Okay. I yeah, Sarah Steen bears. No, the no. country jamboree. The country jamboree. There was a girl. From showbiz. Thank you. But was it a mom or was it a little sister? A little sister, I thought. See, right? Okay. Is this because there's always never a mother figure in, in things like this? No, it's like Disney. They're all dead. <laughs> or die. <laughs> and in the Bernstein Bears, there's the mom and the little sister. Yes. But their whole family's alive. Because it's brother because... bear and sister bear and mama bear and papa bear. Because they don't really have I names, like your but porridge the most. Does. Or whatever. <laughs> I 
That's Goldilocks. Oh, right. Actually, I think there was a Bernstein Bears. But they all had bonds, is the point. Because they're bear bonds. Thanks, Emily. Um, And now we've embarrassed our waitress on iTunes. This is why people don't like us. No, this is why people love us. So, okay, we'll just get into. Well, I had a great segue into the whole. We're going to have to keep having the uh, same conversation over and over again, in which. I'm pretty sure we've never normally, talked about country jamboree before, but okay. I normally uh, hold off on talking about a lot of the CWDC DC TV stuff. Well, it's because I don't keep up on it anymore, and that more has to do with basically time poverty and the fact that they struggled for a few seasons. So there were some seasons of specific shows that it was really hard for me to get into. But even. Like I said, Flash. Legends. Nope. I disagree. So we decided to start doing DCTV about, what, every three weeks? Hold every on. four weeks? Do you remember the part of Pulp Fiction when Uma Thurman goes all sex lies and videotape on John Travolta's character? Be more specific. What I'm watching right over your shoulder? Like, she has a video camera and she's going all sex lies and videotape on him. I don't remember this part at all. Like, after this, she sorts heroin, almost dies, and then you meet, um... I don't remember this at all. Yeah, right? Because if I remember correctly, what happens is she's talking to him over the intercom. And he talks to her back. She lets him in. Yeah, he makes himself a drink, they talk over the intercom, and then they do the close-up on her dirty foot. Because it's Tarantino, he's got a foot And then the next time you see them, they're at Jack Jack Rabbit's Slims. And then the next time you see them... No, well, they, they win the dance contest, and then she overdoses, and he takes on, her... On his heroin. Yeah, and she takes him to the friend's place. No, he takes her to the... You're she's right, overdoing. he takes her to the friend's place, and they do the adrenaline to, um, shot. What's his name? Quentin Tarantino? No, that was uh, when they blow the guy's head off. Oh, it's Fisher Stevens, isn't it? No, it's not Fisher Stevens, but it's fantastic. I wish I it was. I actually really just wanted you to imagine it's, um, that. Oh, what is his name? It'll come back to me in the middle of the um, podcast. Eric Stoltz. Yes, thank you. I was like, original Marty McFly. I got that far. Is it weird that you said that and I thought not Back to the Future? Yes. <laughs> but yeah, Eric Stoltz. Yeah, Eric Stoltz. And um, Rosanna Arquette was yeah, the wife I, with all the shit in her face. Say, I was about to say one of the Arquettes. But I love it. He goes, which one's your wife? The one with all the shit in her face. I love that line. It's so great. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, no, I don't remember that at all. I mean... Actually, yeah, I don't remember this part about no, like, her no, videotaping no, no. at all. I think what happened was after the dance contest, he took her home. Yeah. And then he went to the bathroom. No, she went to the bathroom. Well, no, but it was She starts as heroin. We're now discussing like exactly sorry, what parts of Pulp Fiction we remember and what we don't. Because it's on the TV back right. Actually, that's why the discussion's <laughs> happening. So, I was just watching Supernatural. This one's on him. I would rather watch Pulp Fiction than Supernatural. Just your filthy whore mouth. <laughs> so we never got into... Oh, we'll talk about it off air. Just remind me about the supernatural conversation. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Um, so speaking of having the same conversation over and over again, which we haven't, because we keep getting sidelined. Sidetracked? Um, eh, sure. Sidetracked means we're doing something else. Sidelines so means we're sitting I talked ass. about how I wouldn't bring up DCTV outside of premieres, mid-season finales, and like fin- and like season uh, se- uh, series uh, I don't think we had se- I don't whatever. think we had rules that were that specific I did and we talked about them okay 
but I'm like, no, I just think we should check in with them less frequently. We, yes, absolutely. Those were the exact so, words. So, well, the less legends, frequent. I've done it two weeks in a row. Once on Nerd Vomit, and then once on this. Okay. Which I'm going to do now. No, we're, we're going to do a Runaways thing. If you tell me, I need to... It has nothing to do with DCTV, so hold on to Runaways. No, no. This is what I'm saying. If you're telling me before next week I need to catch up on Legends and watch all of it up to this point, I will, and then we can have a conversation about Legends again. Can you, though? Unless I get a job, I should have plenty of free time. Well, we'll just talk about it now, then. Um, because I hope you get a job. It's a nice thought. The only reason I wouldn't get hired is because I'm overqualified. That's a horrible reason to not get hired, it and it a, does happen. It yeah. happens a lot these days, but it's more just one of those things where I want a very low-stress job without a huge amount of responsibility that okay. follows me home. I I'm know it's, fine being responsible when I'm at work, but I don't want to give a shit about it when I leave. So I know it's not cool to... Uh, quote some guy's movies who may or may not have hit on a 14 year old and been in um, great movies like Baby Driver and American Beauty and I really not hate K-Pax. That, I really hate that American Beauty's tainted now. It's such a beautiful because movie. Thora Birch I think might be dead. She's not. She just doesn't act anymore. Cool. That's not at all obviously what we're talking about. But anyways, continue. Quoting. And, by the way, so, once again, we did this off-air. We're, we're cheersing. No, we're not. Oh. Coral! Oh, yes. Which we'll get there eventually. That is a preemptive. That's a preemptive Coral. Mm-hmm. So... The new episode of Legends is basically Groundhog Day. Once again, the middle of season two, where you dropped off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I made it that far. The middle of season two, when pretty much everyone dropped off. Well, no, because they, they unlocked. They unlocked. They they cracked the code in terms of character interaction. Let's have fun with the episodes. This one is one of the characters who is having a really hard time. Honestly, I think this came out of they didn't know what to do with the character. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's going to be important later. So they're like, well, we have to figure out how to make her, you know, ingratiate herself to the team. But she's so closed off. I know. Yeah, Let's put her in the life. time loop that she has to relive the same hour over and over and over again trying to stop a bomb that's going to go off but she ends up of course like Bill Murray like learning more about the crew I have so many responses to this but continue but can you respond to the fact that Mick Heatwave has a secret sci-fi erotica novel he's been writing that sounds amazing it is and she helps him with the ending at the end speaking of the time loop time loop time loop so I love that loop. movie, Loper. With I feel Bruce like, Wallace. Damn it, I was about to make that joke, you fucking dick. Go ahead. So, time loop episodes have actually been some of my favorite episodes. There's the Buffy time loop episode, where she's working at the magic store, and she can't get out of the loop until she makes the customer happy. The tr- 
the trio actually do like several things to her the episode, but yes, that was Well, one. that's the specific uh, part that, that the, I, That's the one where she's fighting with the mummy hand. Was that the first act? Because each, each member of the trio has an act on that one. I think that was the second act, but okay. I could be wrong. It's been a while. There's also something similar to that in The Magicians. Hold on. Stop. Umar Thurman just said you're going to be a square and draw a rectangle. Bullshit. No, it's don't be a square. I know, but and you draw a rectangle. Because this, it's the this, longer... This absolutely has to be a director's cut, because I do not fucking remember that. But she drew a rectangle. I'm totally rewatching this movie when we're not actually talking about it. I've watched this movie recently. That she draws a rectangle. Oh, no, not the video. Oh, and there's... There's Nixon. When did this happen? She's smoking in the restaurant. Oh, she smokes in the restaurant. Also, there's a midget. <laughs> like, dressed like a lawn jockey. First of all, I'm pretty sure he's a bellhop. Second of all, that just makes me think of, um... Yeah, what does that make you think of? God, no, hold on, give me a second. We're horrible human The spirit. Beings. There we go. In the spirit, there's a midget bellhop. The movie. Yeah, blinked it out. Also, there's one in, um... Fear and Love in Las Vegas, the one that brings the phone up to him. Oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I need to go to this weird what race. A weird niche character. Anyways. Is it the same guy? God, I hope it is. <gasps> oh, I know, right? However, what I was going to say. Anyway. Like I said, when we're talking about Legends of the Time Loop thing, go in the Magicians, which, that's a lie, it's the Librarians. Sure. Like I said, not the magicians. In the librarians, there's an episode where they do kind of get caught into a time loop, and only one character is aware of it, and it mm. basically drives him insane because he ends up knowing and loving everybody else a lot more, and he can't keep watching them die over and over and over again. They do get into that with the Legends episode where she finally sacrifices herself to save the team. Um after multiple uses of they call it the flasher but it's <laughs> didn't phrasing uh, it's like the men in black memory wiper thing oh like the, the yeah I because, call it the tampon with a flash well theirs is more of a it looks like one of those like military L shaped um, flashlights oh yeah I know exactly what I was talking yeah. about um, why do I know that but uh yeah uh what's his name uh the guy that turns into metal uh, Sergeant Steele, or whatever that whatever his real name is. Worst porn name ever. Best porn name ever. No. Better name would be Captain Steele. Oh, you're right. Mm. Let, let move up the ranks. What about like Admiral or General? You're right. General Steele. No, sounds General like Steele too actually sounds, sounds like, like stock really, I could buy. Like I said, General Steele sounds like you know, like that scrubby pad you get at the store to get really hard to remove. Yeah, stuff like a out. like a Brillo pad. <laughs> or steel wool. General Steel wool. Stop drilling! You struck oil. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Moke America great again. Anyway, um, but him and uh, the original vixen like. They almost fuck up a mission by fucking, and uh, so they blank well, that out of it. I think that's pretty it. much life. I like to think every time I'm having sex, I'm probably screwing something up. My God, why have you not watched Future Man? I did. Where they do the stress yep. release? I know, I know. Okay. We already talked about it. 
Um, but I do love that uh, Mick used the uh, memory flasher to get Abbas out of his head since they went to the 70s and he had Waterloo. Why would you write a song about losing a war? Um, no, but uh, my point is, from like 10 minutes ago, um, Legends has once again cracked the code on how to have a lot of fun and get character development and not this episode, but the last episode with Constantine, like, have plot elements. So, you remember Move my, forward. my big pitch about Legends in the first season was how ham-fisted it was. It was very typewriter ham Well, w- what Legends was, 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 was. I wasn't going to say anything, but I, I thought it. What Legends was, was, yeah, th- th- that's grammatically correct. Was um, a bunch of side characters from all their other shows that are popular enough to like have their own episode, but not have spin-off series. I disagree because I would watch White Canary and anything. However, could could she carry a show? No, she's no, got, she she's got too many side projects going on. The actress Katie Lotz, she's just busy. But I don't think White Canary can carry up. However, series. if you I'm remember, sorry. in the first season, it was laid out for them the reasons they were chosen for this mission was because they had an impact on their timeline that wasn't so great. They were legends. No, they had an impact on their timeline that wasn't so great it would alter a lot of history without removing them. No, they were brought together because they would become legends. It was a lie, though. He chose them because... Uh, does Rory say that? And yes, I call him Rory. Yeah. It was because they were heroes, but their impact was not so great they couldn't be removed without changing everything. Right. Smoke Industries. Yeah, exactly. Motherfucker. Uh, by the way, at the end of the new episode... I'm going to spoil it for you, and sorry, folks. Rory comes back. I'm sorry, Rip Hunter comes back. No, we call him Rory. It, he's a centurion. And, um... He's always going to be Rory. And looks like he's going to recruit... Oh, my fries. Thanks, Emily. You're welcome. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to always lead fries. That was actually quieter than paper. Sorry, I'll be quiet. Go ahead. Uh, Rip looks like to be recruiting a new team of legends involving Wally West. How do you feel I'm about just... that? How do I know about that? So how do you feel about that? I feel like they finally figured out what to do with Wally West. Because he's been a no-show pronoun for a really long time. Yeah, exactly. On Flash, Mm -hmm. like where he just fucks off to, not even Blue City, like whatever. Like they don't even fuck him off to a real place in the DC universe. Um, It's kind of like when, um, excuse me, Saint Stark fucks off to Blue Heaven. It's not even a real place. When it's what? just Saint Stark. Oh, right. No, I'm sorry, the, Saint James. I should have said Saint James. Uh, in the Sam and Slim yeah, series by like, Richard Cadry. Yeah, like, sorry. It's like, it's I need like, to fill in because not everyone's read those books. But like I said, it's like when Saint James just fucks off to Blue Heaven. Yeah. Like, like out of you, nowhere. You made this character, and then he's just he's just not involved anymore. He's just fucking gone. No. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's this. Hanging. And then the same man Slim just like comes in and goes, "Well, I guess I gotta get him." And then a, a fraction of God is like, "I guess I'll put you together." But it's one of those things where it's like it's this weird hanging thread in your plot. Yeah. And you're like, "I guess I'll use it now." 
Um, well, I guess it's something else we should talk about as well. Uh, I finished the last of the most recent uh, X novels by Peter Clunz. Actually, this one was so good, I hated half of it. Like, like Welcome to Nightvale book hated half of it? Yes. Okay. Well, kind of. Well, no, it's one of those where I begrudgingly read the first half because I trusted the second half would be that good. Yeah, I haven't read, and their, I was right. and I haven't read their new novel, uh, It Devours. I, I haven't either. Maybe they learned their thing lesson. Maybe they did. Um, so we'll just jump to that. It's not even on the list. But I finished the last of the... The X books. The X books by Peter Kleins. You and I have talked about the problems with it. Um, the last couple books actually do fix a lot of what we didn't like about them. The thing is that he threw so many interesting ideas and interesting characters yeah. at us, but he didn't develop any of them. So in this new book, he kind of pulls a, like, and we'll talk about it later, Walking Dead, um, where he kind of divides the characters up. Um, but I mean, that's stealth that's is almost not in the newest book. Which is weird because she was the most interesting character to me. I just also I, thought she was too good to be true. Yeah, supermodel, supermodel physicist, ninja with, physicist. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like I said, she was the most interesting character to me because she still had self worth and self value. But she was also, you know, like the perfect completely woman. unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. So. I'm sorry I paid for college as a lingerie model. And she didn't have to because her dad was like an international thief or something. Something crazy. Yeah, like ridiculous. Like, um, I, I feel like maybe he meant that to be a joke, but it didn't come off as a joke. So, the book starts off with the electrical character, Zap. Zap. Three Zs. Which actually I kind of liked, and I also thought it kind of reminded me of like the human torch version in the venture universe that's powering the whole building yeah he's in incredible pain the whole time so he finds a floating bunch of ships like put together uh lumeria uh that's what they end up calling it like an island nation mm-hmm. um and he and saint george or the mighty dragon have everyone look at it uh but saint george and corpse george. girl i do like saint uh, and the corpse girl uh, go out to it, and you find out there are some sinister things afoot. Um, Shocking. At the same time, the mobile battle suit Cerberus has gone out to this like giant, like garden they've been reclamating um, called Eden. Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> Thanks, Battle. Not, How are I, your hanging gardens? <laughs> They're hanging nicely, thank you. Um, I just assume my dick is named Babylon and my balls are gardens. Um, I'm not going to high-five that. Uh, that was a dumb joke. Great joke, but a dumb joke. Um, and it kind of, like, the novel like bounces between like what's going on in Eden versus what's going on in Lumeria. And I have no problem with that. I don't have a problem with separated storylines. Do they ever merge? They don't physically, but they do thematically, so I'm happy. 
But he does have a couple chapters that I think he meant to be like Steinbeck esque in terms of like. I wish you guys could see how hard I'm rolling my eyes right now. But like, there are chapters where. In Steinbeck's uh, Grips of Wrath, we have the, like, the turtle on the highway and all that kind of stuff, where it's all metaphors. And he does like have these chapters that are like flashbacks to characters that have since been dead, um, like Gorgon and, well, I guess St. George is still around, but... Um, Any sense. But he does like flashback to like the beginning of the X-Viruses, as he calls it, so here's what I'm getting. Is for for I'm sorry. No, finish real your quick, thought. For no reason, like really, like yeah, you have to make the tough calls. Those callback chapters, I'm gonna call them, are about like making tough calls. But like, you just assume that when you're in the zombie apocalypse, you're making tough calls. Why have a callback chapter about that with a character who is dead and po- probably won't return? We'll see. So here's what I'm hearing is that A, he's doing backtracking. Or B, he had this all planned out beforehand and chose badly on how to divide his books. Now, in terms of that, I can't speak too much because it will be an episode of Mr. Wright. Uh, During his acknowledgments uh, section of the book, he talks about how he's never liked outlines when he makes outlines, he's... I don't fucking like outlines either, but that's not the point. The point is, he either has a super shitty editor, or he needs to sack the fuck up. I'm not sure I agree with either of those statements. Well, it's one of those things where either his editor is telling him that he's putting the wrong bits in a novel to draw people in, or he's trying to draw it out He was on. He was on a time crunch after writing his hit novel, True... True. I hated it. The Fold? Did you read it? No, the, the first X novel. Okay, not as a novel. Uh, he was coming up in The Fold. He was on a time crunch to write the new X's novel. So he did what he doesn't like to do, build an outline. Which he seems in a weird contentious relationship with. Now I have my issues with... Outlines, and we'll talk about this more. I think an outline I, is I a suggestion. Like a, I don't know about you. Uh, it's more of a Mr. Wright thing than okay. a no applause okay. thing. Because um, I'm going to talk about it on Mr. It's Wright fine. being beholden to it on outline. Um, However, like I said, it's one of those things where he had so many good ideas in the X series. And I haven't seen any of them to fruition yet. It's one Did of those... you only read the first book? Oh no, I read the first three. Four and five actually get really good. Um, Expurgatory and Exile. I'm sorry. This is kind of a TV series thing. Where I have to basically invest myself five books deep before it's good. Give me a goddamn try. Thank you. I have to invest five books deep before it gets good. Five books is way more than five episodes. That's a lot more responsibility. Five books to make it fucking good? Are you fucking kidding me? Five books. That's a lot. Hurricane Heist, make it rain. 
It's the literal tagline from this movie. Make it rain. Oh, it's PG-13? Fuck that movie. So, Doug, what would you like to talk about? Blade Runner 2049, I guess. <laughs> okay, so, let me start off with two things. One. Apology. No, the soundtrack was fantastic. Okay, it wasn't at all what I was getting at, but okay. Two. Originally, it was supposed to be two movies, and that's blatantly obvious. Yeah, because this shit's like three hours long. It was so long. It was so long. I and mean, don't get me wrong, bleak. I liked it. It was so long. Everything happens at night. Everything's raining. You don't even fucking see Harrison Everything's Ford until like an hour and a half in. No. Over two hours. Oh, good I, I looked, God. the minute he like goes to like, what could be, was it Las Vegas, maybe? It's supposed to be like abandoned Las Vegas. Yeah, is well over two hours. Like me in the theater with Tony trying not to fall asleep at 1.30 And the fact in the that it was morning. supposed to be multiple movies makes total sense because... Jared Leto's character makes no sense. He stabs that naked lady, that naked replicant. Love? No. No, the one he makes. Okay. Duck. While he's trying to... No, never mind. While he's trying to make a new Rachel, while he's trying to make a new Sean Young. And he, like, stabs her, like, in the guts. I imagine that, like, Jared Leto's character would be, like what Elon Musk would be like if he had schizophrenia. I think it's what Elon Musk's life would be like if Philip K. Dick wrote the future. With the glowing eyes and the like weird thing in his neck that like controls the weird pods that camera everything. How much do you know about Elon Musk? I know enough that he'd shoot his own car into space. And I'm pretty sure he might make replicants. How much do you know about Philip K. Dick? Enough that he died way too early and probably was a replicant. How much do you know about his family life? They were all replicants? He had a sister that died very young and unexpectedly. And he ended up becoming... Which informs part of 2049, you know. He became more and more convinced about alien intervention as he got older. Like, so you think Jared Leto is an alien? No. But it's one of those things where Philip K. Dick had these very foreign concepts in his head because of emotional traumas that happened to him. And you also have to remember that the first Blade Runner, Ridley Scott filmed it and scripted it without actually ever reading Do Androids Dream Electric Sheep. And thought of one of the greatest endings with the director's cut ever, which is if Deckard was a replicant. That's actually implied in the story. In the director's cut. But I mean, it's implied in Do Androids Dream Electric Shit. Shit, really. Like I said, it's implied in Do Androids Dream Electric Sheep is that everybody's a replicant, and specifically Deckard is a replicant. He's a replicant. His wife's a replicant. Yeah, it's implied. He has no wife. Ex-wife. In, in, in the story, he does. No, in the book, it's an ex-wife. You sure? Mm-hmm. Because in the end, he has the frog, and she's calling to get maintenance done on it. I think it's an ex-wife in the book. It's been a while. 
damn it, we can't have this conversation. Both of us have been a while since reading that book. No, we can't, because right now it's, you'll be a woman soon. Over your shoulder. She's this is like a completely ODM. different version than either of us have ever watched. Well, no, like, she's dancing around in Vincent Vega's... But think about the time period between them being at the restaurant and this happening. That's really Time is very subjective in... Tarantino? Yeah. But I wouldn't say time subjective in Pulp Fiction, because time is objective, in which case, like, everything happens on a linear level. Like, everything happens in order. It's Can just that it's shown out of... find out Wallace has the band-aid on the back of his neck? No. Or what was in the briefcase? Obviously, it's a soul. And the band-aid would have been where the soul was extracted from. Damn it, Doug. However, what else is on your list? And we still haven't talked about Runaways. Well, have you watched Runaways? Mm-hmm. Okay. Talk to me about Runaways. Slow. Not enough running away, too much parents. <laughs> Less run, more away. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like they were trying to, to kind of do... Did like you actually a, watch the whole series? I did. Okay, so they actually run away at the end. Yeah, in the last episode. And, yes, okay. But in the comics, they run away the first... I think they were trying to do like a preacher Jessica Jones Luke Cage thing where it's the very daredevil a very slow build but Hulu you don't have the money for that I think they did I think in the comics the, the parents were not sympathetic at all and no they're extremely sympathetic yes in the show yes yeah. in the comics no okay. like they're all mafia and evil alien warlords and yeah mechanical robots bent on killing all humans. Yeah. Killing all humans. Nobody can see us doing robot hands, Don't worry but about yes. It. But in the show, the cliffhanger we're left with is that the kids run away with a dinosaur, by the way. And uh, the parents are going to kill Dr. Doom, effectively. Mm-hmm. That's Julia McMahon. Because I was watching. He was a going, really good Doctor Doom. He was an amazing Doctor Doom in the first movie. Second we, we movie, don't talk not about so much. Surfer. Yeah, no, we don't. We don't talk about the other one either. Two out of two human torches have redeemed themselves. Yes, they have. One of them is a character named Killmonger. Are you fucking serious? Uh. Lastly, The Walking Dead. A, I could replace the guy because he died. This episode of The Walking Dead. There you go. Yeah, like I could totally do it. It's me or Johnny Johnny Gilbert from fucking Jeopardy, man. This is another huge divergent from the comics, which is fine. They've made themselves separate entities. So what we've alluded to the entire episode Mm -hmm. is Coral. The Walking Dead. Um, yeah, so Carl's fucking dead, man. And that's not my biggest takeaway from this episode, actually. <laughs> like, I mean, What's your it, big was, takeaway? it was sweet and it was poignant, and we finally got the reveal on the like whole bearded Rick thing. 
You realize when you say bearded Rick, you make him sound like a subspecies of a lizard. I was going to say a sex move, but all right. Oh, oh, oh. The bearded Rick. Oh, pass. Um, that that was Carl's like vision of the future as he's dying, which is heart wrenching, heart wrenching, that he sees these people working in Alexandria and he sees people like Eugene and, spoiler alert, Negan working in the gardens of Alexandria to rebuild a better world. Um, it's very poignant, very sweet, um, very earnest. But my big takeaway was kind of part and parcel with each other. Um, when Lenny James' character, Morgan, reaches into a guy and rips his guts out? That happens. And then when he's, like, in front of a uh, savior and, like, he's like, I gotta fucking kill him. And then this little kid just, like, up and, like, stabs savior dude, like, through the throat. And you realize what kind of world that Carl envisioned, I'm sorry, Carl envisioned for the children of the future and if it's possible. You read, uh, I read Z. Up, Yes. And I saw the terrible, terrible movie. Yeah. We're not going to talk about the movie, but do you remember the part they had where it was the woman working with feral children? Yes. And they do the interview with the little girl who's, she's cognitive and she can speak, but it's not quite right. It's guttural. It's, yeah. That's the same kind of thing I see happening here is the children of the future will essentially be half feral. I disagree. Okay. I think that they will be more inclined to kill. They'll be more savage. Not so savage is the right word. I just think Violent, brutal, quick to conclusion? No. Objectively, morally compromised. Okay, hold on. Yeah, unpack that. No, 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 it's not that. There's a better way to put it, and I can't think of the words right now. And we're on the watch uh, watch scene of uh, Pulp Fiction, in case you're watching at home. He had this hunk of metal up his ass. Up my ass. For five years. You had talking monkeys. I just jumped to that other movie I was in, sorry. Wow. Yeah. Prophecy was a fucking red movie. So what do you got for Walking Dead? <laughs> I, I still can't think of the correct phrase. But I think that they're morally I wouldn't say compromised. bankrupt, I mean, but I, definitely warped. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Compromised. Once again, the word. Compromised. The fact that, and it's subjective versus objective. I've been reading a lot of Chuck Klosterman. Um, you know, the tornado motion. You know... I'm going to have a heist and a hurricane. Looks like storms are coming. Storms are coming. But, um, I, mean, but I think that I, the, I think it's it's a good way for Carl to go out. Carl does like kind of have a confession scene where he says, like, there was a kid my age, he had a gun, he lowered it, and I still fucking shot him and killed him. And that was him saying, like, look, 
the world has made me this way, but the world could be different. And he does say that to his dad, Rick. There's no fun way to say Rick. I'm like, Rick. Um, but there was that part like two seasons ago where like Rick and Carl like became like weird farmers. Like they kind of like literally beat their, you know, their swords into plowshares. And Carl is still saying like that's possible. Give your enemies mercy to do that. My question is, in terms of that kid with the whole Morgan Carroll's savior thing, the Carroll was there, I guess I forgot to mention that, um, where the kid just like sticks it in the throat with a stick, which is brutal. Um, There's no mercy when there's zombies. Huh? There's no mercy when there's zombies. No. God, no. But is there mercy in the next generation's world in terms of the zombie apocalypse? They dodged the Z word, the Walker apocalypse. Nope. So you think that Carl's vision of the future... I think it's unobtainable. And Rick says he'll make it happen. No, I think it's unobtainable. Carl knows what it was before, and he knows what it is after. Most of the next generation... He doesn't know what it is after. He's going to fucking die. And I meant dead. before walkers and after walkers. Oh, okay. Sorry. Most of the people that are going to be running the world after that, especially, you know, if they're little kids poking people in the throat with sticks, don't have a before. They only have an after. You think Henry's a... That was a kid's name. Mm-hmm. Henry's a threat to... I don't think Henry's a threat. I think Henry has a different mentality. Let me finish. You think Henry's... Kind of the kids that were born into this world mm-hmm. are a threat to the utopia that Carl envisions. You think to them utopia is not an option? What do you think about Rick's kid? Uh, not Carl. Carl! Judith. Judith. Last kicker. What do you think of her? I think Judith will probably be incredibly messed up. Oh, yeah. Even if she doesn't so much remember, trauma. Like said, even so if she doesn't remember trauma. anything. Dude. She was literally in an episode where this last this last episode the the just look at the flowers, Doug. <gasps> oh, you think she's gonna be one of those? I don't. Do you think she's gonna be the Carol, new Carol? I don't think she's going Young to Carol? have. I think she's going to have a different moral compass than anybody has ever envisioned because she has been so shaped by the trauma and the trading back and forth and having absolutely no security or any type of constancy. Well, they in her talk life. about this in the news, which is, let's get back to the real world, I She guess. seems like one of those kids that um, won't the, die are, when they're hungry because nobody pays attention to her. Well, there's a whole generation of, what? She seems like one of those kids that won't cry when they're hungry because nobody pays close enough attention to her because there's always so much other shit going on. Well, that's terrible. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say the whole, like, post-Columbine generation where we could be next. Um... That there's always a sense of like heightened fear. Um, wow, <laughs> Walking Dead got super kind of real on the show. So let me segue that into my social contract. It's not about dietary bullshit. Yes, it's about dietary bullshit. In caveman times, no one ever had a gluten allergy. 
No one ever said, can I get a less wrap instead of bread? Or, oh, chicken stock is better than just eating chicken. Okay, here's the thing, though. In caveman times, maybe somebody did have a gluten allergy and just spent a lot of time feeling There's like shit. There's no way celiac disease was there. You don't know that. Post-BC. Okay, okay, you're right. You're right. I wasn't there. I don't have a DeLorean. Nor do I have, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on the wave rider with, uh, you know. Rory. I was going to say Mick. Um, whose last name is Rory, weirdly enough. Thanks, Emily. You're welcome. We just got into a fight about The Walking Dead. <laughs> well, now we're on gluten allergies, but yeah. And I told them maybe cavemen did have gluten allergies. They just didn't know how to complain about it. Well, there probably wasn't a whole lot of gluten in the caveman days. There was, right? There was still some version of grain or wheat. There was yeah, but totally gluten, processed. and anyone who had celiac disease would have been dead, genetically speaking, it would have been eliminated. There's a difference between celiac disease and a celiac and gluten allergy. So anyway, um, I'm sorry, like, don't, like, if you don't have celiac disease, you're not fucking gluten. You want to be vegan? Great. No, but the thing is that both my sister and my sister-in-law have thyroid problems, and if they eat gluten, it exacerbates the problem. What does exacerbate mean? It means to make something worse. Oh. But, like I'm saying, neither of them are dicks about it. They just try and avoid gluten because it makes them feel like shit, because it amplifies the problems they have with their, I was going to say, with their thyroid. Will they die? No. They'll just feel like ass. But in caveman times, there was In caveman times, they'd be fucking dead because it's survival of the fittest. We both know this. I'm just saying, like, when you order, when you order, like, burgers without, like, bread and all that, and you go, eh, I'm gluten-free. Like, I, I think you're discounting people that are agitated by gluten allergies or... Gluten-sensitive, yeah. Yes. Or have celiac disease. I don't think that should be a thing anymore. Like, I'm sorry. The thing is that you're basically... No, you're basically pointing out the most annoying sect of society, which is people that make a big deal out of a choice that they've made. I have known lots of vegans, vegetarians, celiacs, and people with all sorts of other food allergies that don't be a dick about it. You do you. Just don't be an asshole. Don't be a dick. Wheaton's Law. Don't be a dick. If you liked this, check out some of our other shows like Mr. Right, Exotic Liability, and No Applause, Just the Clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher.